Do you believe in accountable love? Welcome to Accountable Love, Home of the Love Snars, where love is a group journey. My name's Aziz. I'm Jerry. And today we'll talk about codependencies in relationships. We are all searching for stability. We are all looking for absolutes in humanity, but there are no absolutes. There's only accountable love, a love that says when you pick a partner and a friend, they will show up with their daily best and you will give them your all as well. We all deserve love at its highest form, so the love snobs are here to tell you, you deserve everything, you deserve a high class. Today, we're talking about codependency. Now, when we talk about codependency, it's a sore topic. It's one of them taboo topics that nobody really wants to talk about. Like when somebody's actually dealing with somebody who's recovering from drug use or somebody who's in an abusive relationship, things of that nature. I mean, we got to get serious about this at some point and people have to start talking about it and they have to have to have the, they have to have the discussion about it at some point. Yeah. So... When we look at codependency, it doesn't just start with the person who is the addict mm -hmm. or the person who is the abuser. It's also the person who is sticking around and actually enabling the abuse and the, and the addiction. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the thing about the reason why it is taboo and the reason why people stick around is because addiction stems from a mental mental illness. Definitely. So because people believe that they don't really have they don't have the control to really get out of the situation that they're in, they want to be there to support them to get through it. Definitely. I mean, and, and it's not about the love not being there. It's not about not wanting to support the person. It's keeping the same rank in a relationship to support the person. Mm -hmm. People don't emphasize enough how when you go and you actually um, acquire the addiction or when you go out and seek alcohol or you seek drugs, mm -hmm. You're actually cheating on the person that you're with. Yeah. And nobody truly acknowledges that. They always wait, just talk about on. the sickness of. But when you say cheating, if the per but if the person that you're with know that you're doing these things, then is it cheating? When they're doing it with the person, then no, they no, both no, 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 no. Say you know, say you you say you and I, right? Yeah. We're we're together, and you know that I have a weed problem, right? And you, although you don't engage with what me. What I meant by is cheating on a relationship, meaning that you should, when you're in a relationship, you enter a relationship. You enter a relationship to give somebody your best. Mm -hmm. And when you actually now start having and trying to escape from reality, at some point, you have to be accountable for what you, your part you play in that. So what I'm saying is the fact that you have an addiction. And maybe that's why some people stick around because they enabled it. They were enablers so long that they believe that half of it is their fault. Mm -hmm. Maybe that is that what you're saying? Or yeah, or you 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 met me smoking weed, just say, hypothetically speaking. Mm -hmm. And so say you met me smoking weed and you that wasn't a deal breaker for you. You decided to move forward with me. And then through the course of the relationship you realize like, oh homegirl has a problem. She's smoking as soon as she gets up, she's smoking as soon as she gets home. Yeah, and, and if that's you know the case I mean? then, then we work through it together because I signed yeah, on for a relationship. Exactly. I signed on for you as a weed smoker functional weed smoke. I didn't sign on for you to be, or you didn't sign on to the person to be addicted to the, the weed. But at the time... Where they are codependent on the but weed. But don't you think that, but even still, like the fact, when you when you commit to someone who has a vice... Definitely. That is dr drug use, right? 
wouldn't you say like you can't there's love yes although there are levels to it you can't really say oh well you only smoked sometimes or you smoked once a day so we i you know what i mean and now you're smoking five times a day like the fact that you accepted them smoking in general i think it be- creates this like gray area you know i would have an issue with you if you and i were dating and you were under the impression like well maybe we didn't even have this discussion how often i smoke i mean if i if i now said okay it's okay to date you knowing that you have a weed problem like not not a social not a social weed smoker. You have a weed problem, and I committed to you. Yeah, then I mean, obviously, I'm enabling you from the beginning, so I'm sick as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like at some but point, I just want I to don't, be clear because like who who wants somebody that bad where they're willing to take on advice just because they want to people be with do the it person. all the time. What I know. Are you talking about? Think, think <laughs> about it. We're talking about accountable love. So we're talking about strengthening the relationships around us, and we're call, we're calling people out and saying, listen, that's not that's 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 a sickness as well. Well, it's not that, just the person that has the addiction; it's the person enabling the addiction that's all, that also has a sickness. But we do not touch on that. We yeah. do not touch on a person that's actually actually we look at that as love, and the person sticking by the person. Mm-hmm. Oh, they stuck by them, so they graded in the per- two people that never had vices and actually go through day to day with raising children, going to work. Mm-hmm. Their relationship is not looked at as the strong relationship. It's the ones that I stuck by this person through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. Now that's the strength of it. Yeah, and we need to start with that mentality. Absolutely. Like that mentality can't continue to go on. I mean, I understand people do smoke and that's what they do. I understand people do drink socially. They casually drink. I'm not saying I'm a fan of it, but I do understand that that's what somebody does. So like when you're like, okay, I'm willing to drink, I'm willing to smoke. I'm not a person that does it all the time. I do it casually. That's different than a person they watch and roll up every time. But if they did it together, then they actually enabling each other. And one was able to leave the situation alone and the other one wasn't. So therefore, now that's a whole different dynamic to their relationship. That's something that they need counseling. They need some. They need some type of support to actually to actually get back to a healthier place. That's not a healthy relationship, though. Both of them signed on for it. They weren't equipped to sign on to that relationship because obviously they wasn't in the place to actually truly commit to what love is. Love is but bringing I, the best out of each other, not enabling a person's bad behavior. Agreed, but I think that people need to take a step back. And when you do meet a person who says that they dip, they they kind of dip and dab in certain things, you need to really take a step back and think about like even dipping and dabbing may not be something that works for you. You know that's why it's really important that when you enter a relationship, you should know what your deal breakers are because there's some things that are non-negotiable. Definitely. So if you are not like you're not a you're dead set not a fan of weed, right? Definitely. So even if you met a chick who says, "Hey, I smoke on occasion." Like I, right, I'm good. Like even the occasion cigarettes, to, weed, yeah, anything. Yeah, I think even, it's a selfish, even on occasion, a selfish vice because everybody has to do it with you. Agreed, but so, even, even on occasion, that's a problem for you, right? Definitely. So where I mean, drug use, period. Yeah, well, in the in the past, because my parents smoked weed, I grew up in an apartment where that was that that was the norm. So definitely. when I met a guy that smoked weed, and it really bothered me as much because it's like, well, I mean, I grew up around it my whole entire but life. But you grew up around it just because you grew up. There's people Does that grew that up in right. abuse. Yeah, I agree. Which so mean it right. th- that means which you I had a sickness as well. Agreed, and I had to learn that when I when I have my own child, and think about the the men that I'm bringing around. Like, do I really want these type of men to be around my child? You know what I mean? And do they I can really be want... great people. They you know, just yeah. smoke weed, so you have a vice. And, yeah. and in turn, you don't want your kids smoking weed, so that can be enough of a deal breaker for you not to let them in your life. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're not great people. No. Doesn't mean that they can't inspire to be. You know, like they can be a, more of a of a, of a game changer than you are. But at the end of the day, the fact that they have that vice, they're not great role models for your child. But you or know, they're not great role models for what you would say, I want to now have this relationship. This is somebody that I'm comfortable because you're not walking down the street allowing them to smoke weed next to you and they're representing you. 
So therefore, no matter what they're doing outside of that, whether they have a great business, whether they're successful in, in politics, whether, you know, regardless of what they're doing, you're not signing on to that because that's not the type of lifestyle you live. But the thing is, like, I kind of felt hypocritical, right? Because mm-hmm. I still had a relationship with my parents. I still had a relationship with my brother, you know? So those things, like, and all other people that I, that are family members that, that, that smoke weed. So to me, like, I was thinking, I, not to me, but I was in a place where I didn't really believe that I could make that judgment call because I have other people that I have relationships with that are around my kid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That do the same thing. So it's one of those things. But that, I mean, that's when you got to make hard decisions. I mean, family. That, that was where I'm gonna, that, that's where I was going to go with it. But that's why, like, it's really important that when you have, you have to really take a look at everything that's going on in your life because that, that really shapes and molds what you accept and what you don't accept, you know? Definitely, I agree. And that really gives you an idea of, you know, if you, and most people. They, I mean, it's getting to the point if I say I'm against weed, like, I'm the, I'm the outsider. Yeah. And even when people don't smoke weed, now they're saying you're judgmental. But I don't have a right to not want to be around somebody who smokes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, choice, when people say you have uh, your own opinion or you have choice, it only comes when you're not condemning bad behavior. Yeah. Like, if you condemn bad behavior, everybody's looking at you like you're too judgmental. Mm-hmm. But you do not want to be around somebody. I didn't say I don't want to be around that person if they quit doing those things. Mm-hmm. I said I don't want to be around a person that smokes weed. So... In your case, you're talking about family. So that's why we stay away from that gray area of family because family is something you really can't control because you're kind of, well, you can control who you have around. But when you're a child, you got to live in that that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You got to live in that household. So therefore, you're not in control of family. You don't pick your family. Mm -hmm. But you pick your friends and you pick your romantic partner. So that's why we focus on those relationships because those are your personal relationships. Those are the ones that represent your judgment. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that represent your character. Those are the people you allow in your life. And as you get older, yeah, you can now make assess your assess your family life and understand who you're gonna have around you, why you're gonna have around you. You can still support them from afar. It doesn't mean you have to be ingrained in their life. Well, no, like no. that's decisions you have to make. So when we're dealing with codependency, we gotta look at both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just the person that's actually the the addict, or it's not just the person that's the person being abused. Like if it is hard, it is difficult. Sometimes you know you are very attached to the person, so you want to get them help. But what we're saying, what I'm saying in a nutshell is like, when you look at the relationship, look at it like, okay, the friendship portion of it, I can still try to help you get help. Yeah. But when you're romantically involved, you got to distance the relationship on the romantic level Mm -hmm. because you have to set your standards and show what you're not going to sign on for. Because the fastest way to get an addict to some help is rock bottom. Absolutely. And it's hard for you to see that. But I mean, it's hard for you to go through that. But once you see the results as years pass you'll notice that you were a big reason why they made that adjustment. But it's also generational. It was pivotal to the reasons they made that adjustment. So if you're, if you're unafraid, like you really don't care, you care about you and the way you look, if you're really going to stay up under somebody that's actually bringing them, like, like going downhill and you're going to keep enabling it by actually supporting it. But it becomes generational. It's like it's like a vicious cycle that we need to end, right? So, you know, we all I grew up in I was born in the seventies and, you know, I've been around a lot of drugs and all types of stuff. So there were certain things that I I I witnessed growing up, right? And from a very early age I was able to realize that certain things were were, were wrong. Although smoking weed was never one of those things. Like I, I smoked weed myself, so it was those things that I didn't really like think it was horrible. But at the same time I don't I wouldn't want my child to do it. So I kinda changed 
changed things as I got older. Definitely. But when I say it's generational is that, you know, when you as a kid are dealing, you see your parents dealing with certain things, right? You think that that becomes a norm. So as you get older, you, you know, you're creating relationships with other people and they may have vices. And then you believe that you're, you're, you're supposed to do your job by sticking around. Well, you know I, mean? I mean, like, let's even say when I was young, I drank a, a lot. And, I, you know, when I drank, I fought a lot and I went to parties and I would, you know, we would have these big fights and all these things. And I'm not going to say that I was always like I'm not saying I was starting the fights, but I wasn't running from the fights. Neither. Mm -hmm. I was actually a person that would engage once somebody engaged me. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, drinking heightened all of that. Of course. Meaning that I now had a problem because I was put myself at, in danger mm -hmm. every time I, I, I drank. So therefore, I know that, and I had women that or girls at the time that I walked up to, and they would not be hearing it. Mm -hmm. Like they they be hearing, they would not hear it. Like they would not be with me or would not interact with me if I'm drinking and doing all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. They had to stand it, and those are the people I remember, yeah. not the ones that actually was Thought okay it was with cute, it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, those are the people who changed me. Those are the people who made me look at myself in the mirror and say, "Listen, I need to be in a better space if I want to actually." get with the I want to actually have a partner that's actually going to help me succeed because these were supportive girls mm -hmm. these were girls that were actually going to school doing what they had to do and not even just going to school they had great character yeah when you when I spoke to them they were my type of people mm -hmm. but I wasn't acting you know I wasn't being the best I can be mm -hmm. so they they raised the ball for me so it's not like I love like what people call quote unquote judgmental people I love people that have standards and have me raise the ball they challenge me to be a better person. So when we talk about codependency, it's not like I haven't been in a situation where I have had, like, and I would say it's a problem because I was putting myself in, in bad situations yeah. when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. So anytime it causes you harm, it's a problem. And you're still doing it. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a problem. And I would say it was more more violence than drinking. Yeah. But them two together was a bad yeah, mix. Yeah, it was a bad mix. So at the end of the day, you have to look at where you where you come from and look at what abuse. Like what we're talking about, we're just talking about the addiction. But now, when mm -hmm. you talk about abuse, a person feeling inadequate, a person feeling like they need to control you, yeah, a person feeling like you know, like because I see my mother and father go through it and they pass it on this generational, like you said, mm -hmm. they think it's okay to now put their hands on. It can go their either partner. way. It could go either way. Mental mm -hmm. abuse, emotional abuse. I mean, women. Well, either and or, men or you could realize that it was an issue growing up, so that's something that you don't you, you don't want to deal with in your relationship so you set the bar you set a standard or you can go in thinking that you know it's okay like my dad talks to me like shit so another man talking to you a certain way is not a big deal because you, you you're used to it and they brush it off because every time yeah. we have these discussions with people they act like it's the norm mm -hmm. and they act like you're the one that's judging them or you're the one that like they're in a relationship for 20 years and because you don't have a relationship you're like oh you don't even know what it takes to be in a relationship mm -hmm. i know what it takes to be in a healthy relationship yeah you know what i'm saying and i just rather be single than be in your relationship mm -hmm. you know what i mean so where you have that understanding like you need support you need help and you try to help them and they just push you away because they believe that you're judging them or you're looking at them as less but really you see more in them and that's why you challenge them or even the you know even like the females that you know they try to get some type of emotion out of you. So because they're used to that type of environment, Definitely. you know what I mean? That they, they try to they get, try to get I mean, yeah, they try to get the worst out of you. They try to, you know, they nitpick so that you can, they can evoke, 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 
evoke some type of emotion because that's better than no emotion. You know, sometimes, you know, they want the drama. So, and at the time they don't go in saying, Hey, I want drama. I want to fight, but they, in they their mind, they think fighting love is. is love. That's so love is, they start yeah. poking the bear, poking the bear. And some guys, you know, they take the bait and then some men are like, nah, like I, if, if I got to come out of character, then I'm out of here. You know Definitely. what I mean? So that, that also is an issue too. Take it's not stand. just one, it's Take not a, just one way. I know it's not, it's not at all. And they said that it's prevalent in the gay community because it's, it's, it's the same sex. So like now there's no, you know, now there's that there, there's a balance there because it's male on male, female on female. So it's a balance that is no hierarchy. Supposedly like the male is more physically. Oh really? Dominant. I didn't know that. Yeah. So like, I mean, I, like I do, I speak to my cousin and she informs me and she gives me mm-hmm. information and like, I've learned, I've learned a lot from her. So basically she explained to me, like it's, it's something that you look at as another w- woman but it's still abuse because you still don't put your hands and when people, kids are looking up to you, you still don't put your hands on your partner or somebody you say you love. Yeah. You never go there. You still don't degrade somebody that you say you love. Yeah. Y'all can be intense. Y'all can have passionate discussions, passionate arguments. Y'all don't have to agree, but it has to be done in a way where it's- In a respectful way. I'm not even going to say respect where it's progressive. It's not progressive when you're degrading somebody for the sake of degrading them. It's not progressive when, you know what I mean, you feel the need to put somebody down. That's Mm -hmm. not- that's not progressive. You you can say like I've I have said me and you've been like that just sounds stupid right now. Yeah. I'm not degrading you. I'm telling you it sounds stupid. You're not stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a there's a way we do, and another person may say that's disrespect. No, yeah. it's not. It's direct. Mm-hmm. So which the action you're doing doesn't make sense. The action you're doing doesn't sound up to par. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference. But when you think of abuse, it's a thin it is a thin line, but it's it's obvious when you're going through it. Yeah, it's it very is. obvious. Well, and is it uh, is it really that obvious? I think that some people, you know, they they've been. But I mean by so obvious, long. meaning like if you're from the outside looking in, you oh, truly yes, can see. Oh yes, absolutely it. yes. You can you can detect it because it makes you like you can literally see that it's it's some discomfort there. Well, that's why, like I said, it's really important when you start a new relationship or start relationships with people that you really go in knowing what your deal breakers are, mm-hmm. so that you don't be in a situation where you. You was all, you know, going with the flow and accepting all types of stuff and realizing that, wait a minute, like this guy does this and he has this and he has that. And now you feel you believe that you have your hands tied because I went in without any type of standards. So now, like, I realize that this is an issue. And so I think people will deal with and struggle no, with and that I as mean, well. No, I mean, they taught to work through it, which you can still work through it without, with take, without but it's, like, it's you can remove yourself. No, 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 but before you remove yourself, I think that if you start a relationship No, I mean, take a step back. Sorry, I shouldn't have said remove yourself. Take a step back, have a discussion, and really set the parameters of your relationship. You know what I mean? It's never too late to do that. Definitely, it's becoming an issue. Especially when it's unhealthy. So, if you're not going to shape up and we're not going to, like, we got to set the parameters. Yeah, I might have went out there and been partying with you, but now we have two kids. Yes. Mm -hmm. I might have been out there doing whatever. We might have started a relationship off Mm -hmm. doing this, X, Y, and Z. But now it's never too late to reevaluate your relationship. And when you reevaluate your relationship, you might lose the person. Mm-hmm. But anybody that's with you and loves you, they're always going to look for progress. Absolutely. And it shouldn't be any, you shouldn't have these strong vices that would destroy your relationship. That's what codependency is. But you're right. It's, it, you don't want to be with somebody who's codependent. And not even just codependent on drugs, but just codependent in general. Because Definitely. it's, it's you know, we talked about drugs and vices and stuff, but people are codependent on each other. Definitely. And you, you, you know, you want to be with someone. You want to be interdependent. Interdependent. Yeah, you want somebody to need you. To, sorry, excuse me. You want, you want somebody, somebody to want you, not need you. Definitely. And those things, those things kind of fall well, the under level, the... The level of need, what I'm saying is you want somebody to want you more than they need you. 
Yeah. Let's say that. The balance. Because yeah. you're going to need that support at some point. And sometimes, you know, you get but laid off. You're going to need it. But it's need in a different way. Yeah, it's going to be support. It's going to yeah, be the support, need. Yes. So the need for support, you're going to need that. Yeah. So you, so you want somebody to want you when it comes to emotions, when it comes, because yes. it's too draining to actually, like, give the person the courage to do X, Y, and Z, or mm-hmm. give them self worth, or give them self esteem. That's something that's got to, they got to enter the relationship with. Yes, with, with yeah. And though they're going to have bouts of questioning their self worth, and you got to be there to remind them of who they are. Definitely, you don't want it. That does, you don't want that to be your whole relationship. No, you don't want to be with somebody who needs constant validation. Definitely, because that gets exhausting, and you don't want mm-hmm. a person to believe that if they don't deal with you, then their life is over. Like it does hurt. You know what I mean? Like heartbreak is it. You, you feel like yeah, you're dying. That's, that's also you know a good what I mean. One. That's like, also a good you, one. you feel like you're dying. So it's it's. I'm not trying to take away from that. I've been there, but at the same time, like you really don't want somebody to believe that they can't take their next that their next breath without you, and really truly believe that they can't have life without you. Definitely, where they, you know, they may be suicidal. Yeah, or, like that's, you know, that's just like holding you hostage. Well, that's just way too much. That's way too much for anybody. That person needs help and is way beyond what you can provide, provide to the for relationship them. for them or the relationship. I so, mean, it, it, it now goes to the level of it being toxic. Yeah, because you do not want to be in a toxic relationship. So no matter, and I guess that's that's what we ultimately saying. Codependency leads to a toxic relationship, meaning anything that's outside of a loving environment is going to be toxic. Oh yeah, connecting on drama. Like I've been there. I've been in relationships where, you know, we were going through the back and forth, the back and forth, and it became like the normal thing. And so much so that when I wasn't in that place, like it seemed weird. You know what I mean? Like we create uh-huh. these unhealthy environments for ourselves at times, and then we don't even know what it is to be in in a healthy environment. That's why it's really important that you know we always say that love is a group journey. That you really need to have support outside of, of your relationship because sometimes you need a set of eyes and you need people outside of, of eyes you, and ears. ears, a set of mm-hmm. people outside of you to say, "Hey, what are you doing? You're tripping." Definitely. Like I remember a time, you know, I. That's why we say love is a group journey. That's exactly why we mm-hmm. say love is a group journey, meaning that everybody around you has to participate in every relationship you are in. And you you should encourage it. Like it shouldn't Definitely. be just when things are going Twelve sour. Secrets, just, oh, yeah, oh. And this person has this secret, yeah. that person has this secret. You need people who are always going to support you and try to give you the your the perspective of both parties involved. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Be a neutral person that gives you an understanding. I'm not even gonna say a neutral will, will be a better word. Instead of neutral, uh impartial. Impartial. Impartial person that's gonna be be there to actually weigh out Right and wrong and the direction y'all both need and to go And they ultimately in. know that you want to be in the relationship, obviously. So they're Definitely. giving you advice that makes sense, not just to either keep it or not keep it, just what makes sense within the relationship. So you need someone who's mature enough to make that that call. Definitely. But it, it but it, again, like I said, it's really, you know, just making sure that you have all those people around you so you can make those sound decisions. Like, I, I've been there. I've had people around. Like, you've been there where you told me, like, what the hell are you doing, you know? Definitely. Or I remember being, you know, having friends and I'm, you know, I admitted to myself that the relationship seems a little toxic and, you know, it's in this weird place and I don't really want to deal. Like, I think that we should part ways. And I've had, you know, a friend at the time say, yeah, she she knew exactly what I was saying, but she never brought it to my attention. Listen, I didn't have friends, like, like on the, on the reality of it. I didn't have friends that... You know, they were out hustling and I try to provide a better understanding because their home life might have not been as great as mine. I helped them get back into school, filled out paperwork, did a whole bunch of things that make sure that they were in the best place to succeed. And they actually did what they wanted to do. And then they made me the bad guy. And then we went back and forth and I cut the situation off. Mm-hmm. And the, the friends, like the other friends or the, the friends that's within our friend circle actually sided with them. Mm-hmm. 
and made it seem like I was acting holier than that mm-hmm. for not wanting to bring down my relationship. I wanted to bring down my character by watching them bring down theirs. So I actually looked at them and I actually was like, who is really enabling? Who's really the person that's their friend? Because I'm saying to be my friend, you got to, there's a certain standard. I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to make sure everything's on point. Like I've been in no situation. And it's funny how you looked at like, they like, yo, y'all tripping. Yeah. You're not going to give me half the, the blame. Mm-hmm. I actually supported the person. I actually made sure the person was on, like in the best place to succeed. No, I didn't have the same home life. No, I didn't go through the same problems day to day. But at the same time, that's why you meet friends and you meet people in life that actually help you see what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. And I was there to support them. And I actually was the person that was looked at as the bad guy when it came down to it. Not one of them lifted their feet and lifted their fingers to actually support this person. Yeah. Or these people. Not one of them, they they just co-signed their stuff. Every time they got mad, they went and fought with them. They went and did all kinds. I'm like, yo, we done fighting. Like, well, when are we going to do things that's going to help the community? When are we going to do things like my mind shifted? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was challenging them to shift with me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that type of, it wasn't that same connection. So when you look at it, you, we always, like, it, it's, our society is big on focusing on who's, like, the, let's be honest, the person that's holding people to a standard is typically the bad guy. Yeah. And that's why there's so many codependent relationships, because there's nobody there to truly support them and put their foot down and say, listen, this is the standard. I'm going to, my door is cracked. Like, I'm going to let you in the door to talk and actually move forward and progress, but I'm not going to let you in when you're still doing things that's going to bring me down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, nobody really wants to have those hard conversations. It goes back to responsibility. Definitely. You know, no one's really calling each other out. But saying, then they call their love. Well, agreed. Well, nobody's really taking the time to call, to call somebody out on their, their nonsense or letting other people, you know, another person know that they can do better or they deserve better. Or it's like, what, what, like, it, it, it all goes down. It all boils down to people not truly taking responsibility. They don't want to deal with it themselves. And also they are also dealing with their own vices and their own issues. So it may so not be they, in the form of, hey, I may not be dealing with somebody who's using drugs, but I'm dealing with somebody who is dot, dot, dot. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, so it evens out. It evens out. You don't want to look at your own. Exactly. You don't want to look at your own stuff in the mirror. Yes. So you actually justify theirs. And that's just wrong. I mean, why would you even bring somebody? Like if you're going through something mm-hmm. and you're in the worst space. And you're looking at that person and they're in a bad space. Why would you just have somebody that's in the worst space around you just so you can maintain what's worse in your relationship? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like everybody should be challenging each other well, to have great and get it healthy relationships. <laughs> like we sit in like, you know, now in my, you know, in my 40s, I have friendships where we constantly have discussions about reevaluating our relationships. Mm-hmm. We constantly have discussions about what will be the best what what will be best for the overall relationship and not just what's best for the individual. Mm-hmm. Like we we work as a collective bunch because we all we all raising kids. Yeah. And we're all in a place where we're role models. And we're all in a place where we want the people around us to look at us and know that there's there's a there's a, a, a better place out there. And there's 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 a certain standard that you can actually achieve if you just stay focused on doing something in a positive manner. I'm not saying I've always been here. And when I was there, I wanted to be judged. Like when I was in a bad place, yeah, it felt weird to be judged, but I was challenged. And that's what got me out of the situation that I was in because I was in a destructive frame of mind. Well, I didn't always want honest feedback. <laughs> I'm saying, I mean, uh, no, honestly, it hurt. It, it hurt. Does. It's not saying really it didn't hurt. Honesty, and it's yeah. not saying that I didn't take time to like really digest it. It hurt me at the time. And I was, you know, I was defensive at the time. But when you look at it, it's, the, it's what got me where I'm at. The thing, like, yes, it, it's, it's, I wasn't always open for the honest feedback and 
you know, I wasn't always ready to have those conversations because what we typically do is when we want, when we want something, we go hard for it. You know what I mean? No one can stop us. No one could deter us. Like that's what we want. We go for it, especially people that want what they want, you know? So at, at the time, you know, I wanted what I wanted. So I didn't want to hear the feedback. I didn't want to, you know, um, I didn't want to have the conversation because ultimately I wanted to dip my, I wanted to, to get burned basically. Like one, I wanted to, exp- at the time. You wanted to learn through trial and error exactly. instead of and watching. In my, exactly. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, like I wanted to t- experience it and let me experience it first. And then that, then I could let you know whether it's good or bad. Yeah. We but, always have this argument. Yeah. About but it's like, you don't have to, but you know, but you pick <laughs> touching the fire or watching somebody get burnt with the fire and learning from that. Agreed. Cause you, 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 you learn like this, you, but you pick and choose like, I used to pick and choose. Well, like we my, all juggle it. That's we, a guarantee. Saying, like, they, we all have to experience something. Agreed. But what I'm saying, I pick and choose where there were certain things that I could blatantly see. Like, you know, my sister being a mom at a very young age, like I knew that that's something I never wanted to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was able to see that and say, OK, I didn't want to live that life. But then there's other things that happen. That I'm like, oh, well, let me try. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you pick and choose the things that you want to try. You don't want to try the things you want to experience. You don't want to experience. But what that comes with, there's a consequence to it. And it's a choice. Definitely. Like everyone makes a choice every single day. Even and we're not all informed yeah. with the, we're not all armed with the, all the information to make the choices. But when you are being given the information to make the choices, you have to have an open ear. It mm-hmm. starts with listening to what's being said and not being defensive, but being receptive. Things could still be wrong and you can receive it and just say it's wrong. And be able to break down why it's wrong. Absolutely. Versus, you know, you're being judgmental. You're making me feel. Like, those things are when you're closing up and you're now stopping the dialogue. Because I've been wrong. I've, I've been hard on somebody and been dead wrong. And had to swallow, take a deep breath, and now say I was wrong and move forward. Apologize and do what I had to do to make sure that I didn't make that mistake again. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's, it's about. Like, we all have we all have judgments. We all have certain standards we have and we place them on other people at times and we really got to evaluate are they are they suitable or are they not suitable for the person is it is it accurate or is it not accurate but that's just that's just the process of life and as you get wiser and you get older and you you know and you get a a larger perspective or a long-term perspective on life i think then you you know you're clear on where your direction is and you maybe right a little more than you're wrong but you're still going to be wrong once or twice a day but you know what I mean? Ask- That's just how that works. And you learn through that as well as learning through the time. Like you're teaching most of the time when you're wise and you're the student very few times. But also ask questions too. you know, people that are assessing your situation and they may have a concern or a thought, you know, they're not always they're not always right. You know, or they could you know what what you're doing may they may have an idea of what the what's wrong, but they can't really pinpoint it. So they're having a conversation that really truly clear on what's happening. So it's really important to ask questions too. Like, why do you think that I'm dot dot dot, or why do you think I'm settling? Why you know what I mean? Because a lot of people they don't they get defensive and they don't ask the why's either. And then the person Definitely. that is has the opinion or has the judgment, they don't really have much to back it up. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 arguing and feeling too. So Definitely. it's really important not to say to that, stay focused on which which was the what's the common what's the common when goal. You, when you when you are when if you are a person that's taken that is the outside and you are assessing a situation and you want to approach your friend or a person that you love, really think about what it is that you want to be that you that what it what's the goal? You know, Definitely. you're having this conversation because of what? Definitely. You know what I mean? And then work from there. What's the destination? Yeah. So like did you ever join like, that's what I like to see. Did I ever come into a relationship because I'm going to take a step back and look 
Like, look at my relationship from the outside looking in. So, like, did I ever want to be in a relationship where somebody was abusing me? Like, we went through a phase in life, right? Yeah. Where you had a hand problem. Yeah. When we was together. And I didn't stand for it. I was handsy. So that's where you that's where you you know, that's where you you kind of learned some things. Didn't yeah, you? I did. Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. You didn't learn. If I'd have kept letting you just swing anytime you feel emotional, because that's what you was used to, think about that. Yeah. Our, our relationship would have went, it would have been the norm for but us, you did, but our but relationship would have went downhill. I didn't did. stand for it. So I took a back I like I, mean, I, I, I a step, took a step back, told you it's not happening. So you need to you need to we, we weren't gonna be together if it continues to happen. And I actually left the situation, and then came back. But the <laughs> no, I left the situation, and then you, no, you, you kind of yes, no, but it was you know you kind of kept kept persistent, and you one of the people that I would say learned from the situation. I did learn from the situation, and it wasn't like it never happened again. It never. Ha- <laughs> the last time he had that look in his eyes. But the point is, <laughs> the the point is, is that yeah, you learn like when people when people do when they take a stand and they, you really care about them. And although the habits that I created or the things that I was doing wasn't really healthy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had to. And I know that you understood that that was something that was learned. So I think that you had a little bit more patience. But still in all, you knew that as long as you stayed with me. But I had the patience. I wasn't going to stand for it. So there's a big difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. I was going to help you, support you maybe through it. You can call me. You can like... (laughs) Have a discussion with me over the phone, but I wasn't gonna put yeah, myself yeah. in a position t- for you to be putting your hands on me. And, then and that's what, where it can now escalate to me putting my hands on you. It yeah. doesn't make sense. So at the end of the day, I looked at it. Do I really, when I thought of love and being in a loving relationship, did I think of somebody putting their hands on me? No. No. Did I think of somebody, like even I've been in places where I talk down to somebody and I'm like really frustrated, so I'm just being nasty to the person. And I took a step back and like, do I really want to be in a relationship where I got to demean or be nasty to a person? Mm-hmm. No. Like, that's where the abuse starts. That's where the codependency starts. Mm-hmm. Like, take a step back. When I thought of being in a romantic relationship, when I thought of being in a friendship, did I think of this as the friendship? And stop being afraid and stop being a coward in, in the sense where you're not willing to take a stand for the principles that you stand for. You should get what you want out of life. Absolutely. You should get great things out of life. And you have to believe that. Nobody else is going to do it for you. So at the end of the day, you have to really look at where you where you add in your relationships and say, listen, I don't want to hear all the Facebooks and the, 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 the Instagrams and like, oh, I deserve the best. I did. No, you put yourself in positions for the yeah. best and that's when you deserve it. You don't just deserve it because you're in the situation that you quote-unquote believe you're a nice person. That's Mm -hmm. not how you get it. You get it by setting standards. You get it by honoring principles. And and you get it by allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to say, listen, I deserve the best, so if you're not going to be the best to me, you're not going to be in my life. That's where the greater understanding is. And the same with with people to you. If you're not willing to show up with your best, then obviously the relationship is not great. And it doesn't mean that both people or anybody's bad. Because I've been in relationships where I wanted to throw somebody, you know, through a wall. It wasn't me. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I've been in relationships, you know, like you're that upset. They bring out the worst in you. They're not your chemistry's yeah, not good. It wasn't bad. We oh wasn't bad. The person wasn't a bad person. I wasn't a bad human being. It's just that we bring, brought the worst in each mm-hmm. other, so we had to take a step back and we had to move on from that relationship. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about. We're not talking about yo just bounce on a person when they have a when, when the they, chips are down. Yeah, when the chips are down. When they talk, even when we talk about sickness and the health, we're talking about cancer. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about things that that, that you didn't that you didn't attribute to, you know what I mean? Like you attribute to it. Like I'm always going down to the bars and starting fights. 
Yeah. And then now you riding with me because I'm in jail every five seconds. You yeah. like, come on. Come on. I'm putting a strain on the relationship. You have to believe that you deserve better. You have to believe that you, 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 and because you deserve better, that comes with Just because having... I cook and clean and and I'm good. No, like we can be good all year, all around, but go ahead. No, no, no. I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little fired up. Like... I'm a little fired up, but go ahead. But, but just, I, you, I, I, I forgot my train of thought. The point is, is that you, you should believe that you deserve better mm-hmm. and that you, you deserve the best and you shouldn't, you shouldn't take anything less than that. And you, and with that, when you are selective, then that means that your dating pool is smaller. Definitely. You know what I mean? That means that your friend pool is smaller. Definitely. And you know, you have to And you're be not the o- life of the park. And you have to be okay with that. Like some Definitely. people, it takes them a while to even accept the fact that, you know, because I have all I have all of these standards or there's certain things that I'm not dealing with that it really limits me when it comes to connecting with people. And either you continue to wait for the people that you truly, truly that truly belong in your life, or you continue to live you know, freely and, and, and make decisions that don't make any sense and keep dealing with the, with the consequences of that. Because Definitely. essentially that's what happens. Like everyone makes a choice every single day. You make a choice to deal with somebody. You make a choice to continue to deal with somebody. And it's something that you have to take responsibility for. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who is codependent or who is, you know, not bringing, out the best in you or bringing out the best in themselves is something that you decide to wake up to every single day. Yeah, I agree 100%. And on that note, my name's Aziz. Oh, that, just like that? <laughs> I thought you was like fired up. I don't know. I am fired up, but like I said, we could talk about this forever. You didn't, you didn't say forever. that, but you can say we could talk about this forever, but no. Okay, we could talk about this forever, <laughs> but my name's Aziz. I'm Jerry. And this is Accountable Love. I hope somebody learned from this situation. And yeah, they're able just, to benefit and grow in their relationship and they're actually able to make a move and actually leave a bad situation because you don't want you don't need to be in a bad situation. You don't know everyone. Ha- that's what I was going to say. Not everyone has to be your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife. You can support them f- from afar, you know, not from afar, but you could set the, the you could draw the line in the sand and just say, like, you're not a good husband right now, but. I can help you through this if you're willing to help yourself. Definitely. You can definitely draw the line. You don't deserve to be in a commitment with yes. anybody that's not willing to commit back 100%. Absolutely. And that means putting you in positions to succeed. Yes. So my name is Aziz. I'm Jerry. And this is Accountable Love.